Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Up podcast. Despite my absence, uh, I think I went two weeks without an episode, so I apologize for that if you're expecting that on Mondays. So this one will be ready to roll for this Monday. Well, or this week or whenever you listen to it. So we'll have that up. And uh, been having a ton of time taken up by a new puppy, uh, work family in town antler business is going well so again if you're within south dakota wyoming montana colorado nebraska texas wherever uh, and you've got some antlers to sell i'll give you a really good price or mounts or whatever so anyway a couple things coming up and did happen was uh alpha happened that was a great time drea wasn't able to join us uh, on speaking of Drea, if you hadn't been paying attention to um, the last episode, she is no longer hosting here on the Western Hunting Hub podcast, but had started her own uh, through What's Your Wild, but is taking a break on that because she's got so many other irons in the fire. So uh, if you really enjoy listening to her and her content, then just stay tuned and follow her on her Instagram as she says pretty active there and can kind of follow up what kind of content she's putting out she's put a pretty uh powerful blog out there just kind of telling a little bit of her story so uh check that out on what's your wild dot net uh sorry drea uh but anyway the if you just google what's your wild that'll come up another little update i've got my hunt planned for arizona doing the over-the-counter tag, uh, deer tag. So I'm excited about that and javelina. So uh, I know I keep hearing from people, you chasing coos deer, even Ryan mentioned something about coos deer and seeing if I want to do that. But I told him, I was like, yeah, I really, really enjoy mule deer. So come down there to chase them. Sounds like we're dealing with quite a bit of drought issues down there and um, kind of looks like it's the last year of being able to set trail cameras, which is a real bummer. Um, set them for the use of hunting anyway. So if you're trying to see what's going on with that, big loss for the state of Arizona. So uh, real bummer there for those guys wanting to set cameras. It's just kind of dumb because it's a really good time to be able to go set cameras. I'm a little late this year. It's well into July. Normally I'd have some cameras out. Uh, we've got a weekend coming up here two weeks that I'll get out and do a little 
a little bit more uh, trail camera setting. It's a fun thing to do with my kid. It's a fun thing to come back and look and see what's there. It gives you an idea of, is it even worth hunting? Uh, and then just kind of see the quality in the area. So that's a real bummer that, that they are not going to be able to do that for hunting anymore. Another thing going on is, uh, oh, I didn't even finish with Alpha. So Dre didn't go, but my dad and I went, and we had a great time. I was shooting really well. Didn't really make it further than the third round, which is okay. Um, the wind picked up, and I could see my arrows just corkscrewing through the air. So that round, it was kind of every. Everyone got lucky on that one. Uh, people were not shooting well, so uh, just whoever just seemed to be able to pick another one out or play the wind a little bit better, so that was not me. And on my recurve, not so good. Seated last, finished last, which was pretty funny, but there were six guys. I learned a lot on my recurve, and I'll come back to more episodes on that. I've been learning a ton, picking up some new tips and things on that, and having a great time shooting my recurve. Uh, but my compound shooting, I feel like I'm dialed and ready to go for the season. Uh, normally my name does get drawn for a bunch of things that just get really lucky this year. I just won some, uh, new Eastern Axis long range arrows. They seem a little bit longer even than the regular 31 inches. I haven't measured them yet, but up to my full length arrows are longer. So I don't know quite what I'm going to do with looking at that thinking I will actually try to switch to them since my VAPs are all back-ordered, but they, they do look like a pretty sweet arrow. Another thing coming up this next week, I'm going to have to try and record another episode in here in the next day because I'll be out on the water fishing uh, in Rhode Island, doing a little striper fishing. So we head out to that Wednesday, so I'm pretty pumped for that. I'd love to do an episode out there, but my wife is not doing that with me, and I doubt my friends would want to do that with me, so um, maybe I'll have to just record it through my, my earbuds, do a little thing while we're fishing. I don't know. We'll kind of see what I, what we want to do. With the big kind of change, and a uh, big thing I've been focusing on in the hunting world is my new little hunting buddy. I actually have her on place right now, sitting right next to me, uh, a dog, not a kid or nothing, but she is a Llewellyn setter, got really, really lucky and talked to somebody at the right time that was not able to take a dog that they had been put on a three-year waiting list for, and this dog out of a really good kennel ended up being mine for nothing. And the gentleman even ended up buying some of the curriculum for me, which was uh, quite expensive. So trying to not ruin her like I ruined my last dog, but I've noticed a few things. Getting a dog out of a uh, out of some good lines is pretty pretty good, pretty helpful to, to have something I can tell she's pretty focused, tell she's smart. She's got some really unique instincts. Uh, still got a lot of work to do with her, but it's the end product from what I've understood with doing a lot of uh, research on training dogs uh, and not where your dog is at early. So as long as I keep plugging away, keep getting better and better at things, she's getting better and better at things and so am I, then I'm on the right track. And it, she's still a puppy for two years. So I'm going to spend the two years developing my end product 
of a fun little pointer hunt dog. I've never had a pointer before, uh, so this is kind of a new thing for me. But my uh, we always had goldens growing up. We had, I guess, what would have been pointers, but we didn't really hunt them. We didn't do a ton of bird hunting growing up. So the one thing I have really been focusing on is having a game plan. I've put hours and hours and hours, 30, 40 hours into research, uh, planning, preparing for this dog. When I found out I was, I got her early May, she was born May 6th. I decided I was going to not ruin her. So trying to figure out what training, I don't know anything about training. I never really trained a dog more than my golden, uh, to not pee on the floor and thought I'd try and shed hunt with her, him. It didn't work out. So needed a better game plan. I've never really been into training animals or dogs or horses or anything like that. So I, I knew I needed to really buckle down and figure this out. So that's what I did. And I would suggest for any of you getting a hunting dog, get a game plan. Uh, but one of the things I have in the back of my mind all the time is that everything is training. Every second is training. Every minute is training. Uh, from when I'm just playing with the dog to working with her to just sitting on the couch, it's all training and they're picking up and learning from, from what you're doing and developing habits, whether those are good habits or bad habits. So keeping that mindset is hopefully going to result in a, in a really good dog. And the gentleman that gave me this dog kind of got a little pressure from him, uh, that this dog needs to turn out because he's going to come out hunting. And he just told me you can have this dog, but I want to come hunting in a couple of years. So I can't, she can't disappoint, but she's such a good dog so far that I'm thinking that she's going to do a lot of that work for me. I just got to introduce the bird stuff here soon, but I've got time. She is going on, oh, May 6th. So, um, going on three months old now. So at four months is the time when school starts. That's kind of what I've seen. And so all of the training, all of these like more in-depth thing training besides the obedience, besides the housebreaking, all of that is when it's go time. So I've got a little time yet. I'm still working on the pie training, some of those other things. Uh, but first I needed to work on the people training. And so I'm just sharing with you what I've researched, what I've learned. I've taken a few, I'll say from three different areas, uh, stone point kennels or something. I don't know what they are. I, I didn't really care for his stuff. He had some like clicker training, didn't really like it. Uh, but watch some of his things. He had some good, decent things. So some of his stuff is in there. Then there's standing point kennels. I don't remember what it is. Oh, well. Uh, and then uh, dog bone hunter. I'm using his, Jason Moore. We're tr uh, trying to get some, uh, trying to get him on the podcast here. He said he would like to. And so I told him, let me just watch the rest of your videos, finish your curriculum. Uh, it's just so it's not another, hey, I got a dog. I don't know where to start. Uh, I'd like to have some more intellectual conversation with him than that. So, and then, so I took dog bone hunter. And then, which is like a, you can watch all of his YouTube videos and probably get everything, but I just bought his curriculum for like 55 bucks and it had some good stuff. I really, it was more organized uh, than just jumping around YouTube, watching a video here and there. 
And then there was the curriculum that came from the kennel. So this, this kennel had specific to the breed, some different stuff. So that was important to integrate because dog bone hunters, mostly a, he works with labs and that kind of dog, but he has a lot of overlap. He personally is getting a pointer here shortly. So I'm kind of interested to watch and see what he does with that, that dog and, and how things are different than working with his labs. But he, he assured me uh, when getting that training said there's major overlap and I wouldn't worry about it. And there really has, there's, I'm not concerned about those things I'm working with. The only thing I need a little bit more work on is these Llewellyn's apparently are retrievers and she's been doing a little retrieving, but she's not, not great at it. Not like a lab that just goes nuts over it. Uh, it's, it's sometimes a little harder to get her to go out there and get it or even hold on to it the whole way back. So there is hold conditioning that has to come there uh, eventually. So back to the people training. These are some of the first things that need that I've learned needed to happen. Uh, when you get this young, energetic dog, you can't wait till year two or three to get it to calm down. So running a dog or exercising a dog isn't necessarily the way to reduce the energy, but more by mental stimulation helps reduce that energy. Otherwise, we're doing what you would do when you played sports, conditioning. Conditioning is what we did uh, to help run faster, further, f- strong, and be stronger. Uh, and the dog's going to do the same thing. So you've got to just keep running further and further and further. And that dog's going to be able to withstand and, and be higher energy yet. So do not put up with that high energy. When my dog is going crazy, I just kind of pick her up, calm her down, set her back down. And it's like, no, you can't do this here, especially inside, not running around, jumping on the couch, biting at people, all that time to pick her up, time to calm her down. Timing is everything with the correct correcting behavior uh, that I've seen over and over again. It doesn't make sense seconds later, but uh, she's sitting on place right now on a elevated bed. So if she, her feet had come off, I would, as soon as those are coming off, I would correct her to put her back on. And I haven't even had to do that. She just sits on place for the longest time and she fell asleep. So she's really comfortable there. It's a really great tool now. Uh, as a three-month-year-old, we were just out outside. She was playing. And uh, now she came in to my office and can hang out here. I have to worry. And she's just kind of taking a nap. Uh, but with people training, the other thing is be the boss of the dog. So with my three-year-old trying to train him to uh, not take it, but he needs to be the boss. My wife being the boss, that's something that you have to uh, set. Otherwise that dog is going to run you. So I really try and hold her on her back and, and make her submit to me uh, and let her know that you follow me, uh, not the other way around. Really try and also set routines and making sure when I'm out of town, my wife knows those routines or whoever's watching her knows, knows the routines. Uh, next would be to, to hold the puppy properly. And when you got that cute little puppy and everybody wants to pick her up and all this stuff, and I don't think that's a good thing. I've told people, no, uh, I'd rather you not touch my dog or pet, pet her because all you're doing is getting her excited. So then you're training, uh, when you walk that little puppy up to somebody, they're going to continue to do that through the rest of their life of, oh, there's somebody and they're getting excited. Oh, here, puppy, puppy, puppy. And it gets her all excited. 
Uh, so you're training her to get excited when she sees people. Um, I really like the idea of just ignoring them and they're there and then calmed when it's calmed down or, or, uh, at appropriate time, you start petting the dog, but most people come up with a high pitched voice, get her all excited, get that tail wig. And you're just conditioning that dog to be a high energy dog and a higher energy greeter, which I don't really want. Uh, first couple of nights, uh, prevent the crying and everything. I did sleep right next to her on my air mattress. So just to kind of calm her down, um, the whole process of that crate training is pretty important and, uh, she's getting better and better at it now sleeping quite a few hours. So getting, getting a decent amount of sleep without, and I'm always up at like 530 to, to 630 anyway, but she's not, we are getting seven o'clock out of her now. Uh, I just have to, she can't be sleeping from eight o'clock at night, uh, in her kennel or on her, on her pad or in her place here a little bit. I mean, it's only eight o'clock right now. Uh, I don't really want her sleeping right now, but I was recording a podcast. So I don't want to want to leave her alone, but I'll get her up, get her some exercise, make sure she pees almost nine, 10 o'clock at night. And she can now make it to seven. The kind of the rule of thumb was, uh, an hour for every month of age. And that was kind of holding true for a while, uh, during the day, but in the evening, she's able to hold it a lot longer, but also control her water. Uh, just like you f- control food, I control water, and that's helping to me to know when she, she go- needs to go. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Uh, next thing, uh, in the people training is knowing what your tone is and using that to, uh, reinforce the behavior. So I really, really try not to use too, too, uh, not yelling at her, but using just a, a stronger tone or using a little bit higher pitch, more excited tone when I need to, to get her to do something. And I really want to, to praise her, uh, other things that, need to train with people myself and my family is no chasing her or taking stuff from her if she brought something back i don't want to be quick to take it out of her hand or chasing her because now that becomes a game she kind of took off on me the day chased a rabbit and i didn't want to just go chase after her no 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 uh now she's having fun it's a game and we're just going to continue this process of her running from me. So what's called a recall or just a come or here, that's your recall. So those are things that, that are still in the process. Uh, but the, 
um, big things for beginning training. This is what I was working on. And when I was doing these is I didn't want to give her the satisfaction until she, I got what I wanted out of her or she settled. So also trying not to overpraise. Uh, if you overpraise, uh, then, then when she does something actually really cool, then you're not getting that time with them to, uh, uh, to really let them know you did something really good. So, um, but the basics, I need, she needed to learn her name. She needs to learn come. She needs to learn whoa and place training with an elevated spots with elevated spot. Um, next potty training, housebreaking. This is hard. I'm struggling with this. Uh, I'm still having to watch her. Um, I, I know we're on like three weeks or so, four weeks, but I, I've used the potty. Her potty command is a hurry up, hurry up, go pee, hurry up, hurry up. I really like that. It's kind of comfortable. I'm uh, not using the word potty or pee or tray or whatever so much because I got kids in the house. So uh, that's that's a work in progress, but taking her out like a lot. I spent a lot of time outside. The summer really is a nice time to have a dog. Take her out a lot. I'm spending time out there. One thing to do to change up this and get her to go to the door now is I am putting her in front of the door and saying, okay, let's go out. Let's go. You got to go. Got to go. Uh, and I'll put her in front of the door, let her walk out. But I'm not able to pick I'm not able to allow her to walk down the stairs to get to my yard. Uh, it's kind of in the contract with this dog. You're not, I'm supposed to carry this dog up and down the stairs for until it's five months old, which is getting really difficult because this athletic little pup will just bolt up and down stairs. But I understand it's a whole thing with their hips and trying to protect their hips. And that goes together with uh, training people to hold your puppy. Uh, they want to hold the dog close to them. Maybe it's its hips all splayed out. Uh, that's not correct. Uh, and when you hold your puppy the right way, kind of in a cradle carry with your hand on their chest, uh, almost like you're holding a football, uh, dog can't bite you as much. We're, she's getting really good with not nipping and biting. She doesn't do near as much as she used to. And that's because I hold her correctly. We shut it down. I grab uh, her the top of her mouth when she starts biting and I curl her lip underneath their little needle canines and let her bite herself realizing what she's doing and that works pretty well um, and then also that's my hold the whole kind of football carry cold hold for calming her down and then also um, I seem to just carry around a whole lot up and down the stairs using that that could actually be hurting me with the potty training just because she's not moving around as much and I'm carrying her up and down and not getting that that spatial awareness of where it's okay to be. And then feeding. This has been awesome. She picked this up first two days. So controlling the food, you'll have to check out uh, Dog Bone Hunter stuff on this. It was really good. But put the food down and then I make her sit there or I actually held her forever because her heart rate was going. Once her heart rate calmed, I slowly lowered to the floor, and then she bolted for the food. I grabbed her and said, no, 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 and I brought her back. No, 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 brought her back. No, 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 brought her back. And then she finally realized, oh, I got to just sit here or stand here uh, until I'm told. Then what I do with my fingers in front of her face, just like I would say a, a duck dog out of a blind, snap my fingers or point towards her bowl and say her name. Her name's Bailey. 
by the way. Uh, and so doing that, that indicates now you can go. There's a distraction there. She wants it and I am control of it. Just another little uh, twice a day she fe- eats. So there's two more things I'm training her to do uh, in, in having control with distractions and I'm in control of that feeding time and that energy is, is under control. Uh, other things that are early on training is the nail trimming, uh, hold her on her back. That's that getting her to submit to me and then also working, letting me clip her nails. So try and do that once a week or I, I actually been doing it every couple of nights, just hitting a few nails here and there. Cause she doesn't like me doing it. It's kind of, I kind of have to hold her down sometimes pretty aggressively because she is wanting to, to get out. She's a pretty strong minded little dog. So having to hold on and let her know, no, I am the boss. Just calm down, calm down, calm down. And eventually she'll calm down. Next big thing, kind of like what I was saying earlier is crate training. Uh, I need to add this. I need to make a note to my little training book. Every time I pick up a little, little tip of some sort, I got a little, just a little memo book that I've been writing these things down in. And the one little note I want to do is make sure I control, control, entry, and exit. Okay, I need to write that down. Um, now that she's used to getting in and in that thing multiple times, even when we are just in the house without whining, I want to be in control of when she comes out. So opening the door, and she doesn't come out till I tell her to. And and then all having the door open also provides that it's a welcome place. She can go in there whenever. Uh, when we ate supper tonight, I threw her in there. And she sat there. She didn't whine or anything, and and it was great. She knows that that's a, a great place to take a nap. So that crate training is is coming along, and and something that has multiple layers to it that you can add in. Uh, really help with the crying and everything is to throw a blanket over top. That's helpful. Next big thing for a pup was socializing. So I've been taking her to work all the time. Uh, that comes with introducing her to people and trying not to get them to freak out because she's a cute little puppy, but just having her be around a lot of things I think is pretty important. Uh, taking her through stores and not being distracted by scents and smells and all these things uh, allows me to work with my lead and, and control her with a leash. Uh, so multiple things with socializing. Obedience training couple things there that I've been working on is keeping the dog on a leash. Uh, one of those, oh, I don't even know what it's called, a cinch lead or something like that thing will kind of tighten up. Kind of been really helpful for making sure she doesn't pull on the pull on the lead because I don't want a dog that just keeps pulling and pulling and pulling. I've got one of those. It's horrible. So making sure you have that dog on there and knowing that you can't pull and let her know right away. That, that you can't pull by giving a pretty sharp correction there. And then another cool thing I saw obedience training that I really liked, and, and I'll need to add this eventually, is when we sit, the dog sits. So you can use the leash to demand this by even when you're in the house. So if you sit down for supper, uh, you can lay the leash down and step on it, making sure that she is laying down right there kind of next to you guys. So if you, you want a nice calm dog to sit by your feet, um, when you're at home sitting down, then, then that's a way to, to implement that. Uh, 
Really trying to make sure we're not playing aggressively inside. She can play outside. Uh, and then place training. Like I said, she's up on her little place. Needs to be an elevated blind so there's no gray area. But all I do is set her on there. And when she starts to step off, step off no, 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 no. Get back on there. And then when she does sit on there or get comfortable, I just praise her a bunch. The retrieving, using just a small dummy, but also uh, Bone Dog Hunter has a little rubber antler. If you want to do some shed dog stuff with your dog, then uh, it's I've kind of found out, don't really want to just use regular antler because they don't know how to pick them up. They're hard. Uh, the dogs don't, they will go through that teething part and you don't want to do any retrieving while they're going through teething anyway. But the they're not if they poke themselves carrying it they may be a little antler shy you could call it so this rubber antler is pretty comfortable in their mouth and they can figure out how to hold it and and carry it so that's one thing that that i've been slowly working on is that and it may be kind of crazy thinking i'm going to take a pointing dog to make a shed dog but here's my thought and i think this would be great if i could make this dog do this is if i could get her to point antlers i don't need her to retrieve them uh I don't really care. She points it. I can have the electronics that tell me she stopped and is on point, even though I can't see her. And the electronics tell me which direction she's at. I walk over there. Sweet. She points an antler. Sweet. I got an antler. Uh, that would be an awesome goal. Also, pointing dogs sometimes work a little further out. This breed stays generally pretty close. There's a lot of dogs like other setters, Gordons, that will work hundreds of yards out. Uh, which seems kind of weird to me, but for shed hunting, that might not be a bad deal. You get a dog to work a little further out. So that's my theory and I'm going to give it a shot. We'll see if I can make it happen. All right. Big things, other big things that I'm working on for training that I've learned from all these other people. These are not my words necessarily. I've just, i I uh, give reference to the people that did this and just kind of sharing my thoughts and what I, how I'm doing these things. A remote sit. So I worked with, started with the leash, leash, got her to sit, and then I'm not using the, um, the command stay. Uh, I'm just trying to use my hand and point, put my hand out there and make sure she knows that, uh, I want her to just stay there. And I don't want to use the word stay because I, and this is one thing I really want to ask uh, Dog Bone Hunter Jeremy uh, about because he really said, don't call call your dog off a sit or don't call your office off a stay. And so I need some clarification on what, you, what he means by that. So uh, the remote sit, I'm having her sit. And then um, after she uh, sits, I can back up get a little closer, come next to her. Great. Good job. Good job. And I give her a little treat. Uh, then I've added in other layers where I can walk all the way around her, getting her to turn her head and look. Um, uh, I drop the leash. Um, I, I have her sit and then I'll crouch down and see if she can handle those distractions and then throwing a dummy, throwing something that she would normally want to go retrieve. Maybe that helps that she's not a strong retriever. But maybe that those little distractions are helping with that sit so that she is sitting despite any kind of distractions, which really, really uh, good success on that. 
Um, all the things in my notebook are remote sit, obedience. We went over that. Place training. Went over that. Socializing. Done. Create training. Done. Recall. Recall. I've been doing through heel, and then just having a little bag of treats in my in my pocket. This breed is really food motivated, so they want to. They really want to work for that treat, and I need to work her off of that eventually. Um, so not ideal. I don't want her to be so dependent on a treat, but I will, as we're outside, I'll just crouch down and say, Bailey, Bailey, come, 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 and get her to come, come in a little closer, come to me, and then give her a treat. And so she's kind of recognizing, oh, that's, that's what happens. But then also when I am working my heel work, I will heel, 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 and then change the directions and run backwards on her to come, come, come. And she does that every single time. So just trying to learn what that word means. The heel uh, is working pretty well to introduce woe to her. So by putting her next to my side and saying heel, getting her to walk, and then I put a fist in front of her face when I say woe. With pointing dogs, woe is a really important command to get her to stop and just to quit moving. So that's the that's it comes in with that heel work. Uh, and then I'll add that recall of scooting back and saying come, come, come. Uh, and, and that, that works pretty well. So we just kind of do 90 degree or 180 degree turns, uh, back and forth in the yard or 90 degree turns in a box, uh, different right hand and left hand turns, trying to get some different things. I need to add that in, in more of a narrow hallway to control, uh, some of her movements, but the, uh, only other things that I, I haven't done a whole lot with the shed training and one thing, three things that I've seen with shed training is get them used to the shape of the antler, get them used to the scent, and then get them used to the feel of the antler in their mouth. So the shape of the antler uh, in a narrow hallway, do some three times, three retrieves. And what I've seen with all retrieving is you don't have to go crazy with your dog. It's like three times and they're done. Um, But send them down a narrow hallway. They don't have too far to go. They don't have too many distractions or anything. Uh, Do a little retrieve and bring it back. And then with doing the same thing, maybe in a little bit more cover with scent, you can get the antler scent on there and then, or real antlers eventually with that. And then also the feel of the antler. Don't know how to do that yet. I'm assuming that's going to come with my condition, hold conditioning, which is training down the, down the line. So that is my plan and, and what I've been implementing. So I've done a lot of research if any of that helps you with your new pup and you like that style, I really didn't go into crazy depth of each one of those, but uh, I'd be happy to help you out kind of with a video or something I can send you uh, of someone else doing <laughs> what they did. Uh, but really helped me with, with figuring out how I wanted to, what my game plan was for having a dog because I really uh, figured if I could put in a solid two years of intense training for the next 10 years, I could have a really, really good bird dog. And I don't do a ton of bird hunting, um, but I do a lot of shed hunting. And I definitely think I'll pick up a little bit more bird hunting so I can have a a good bird dog, good shed dog, and then, of course, most importantly, a good family dog. And that's what she is. She is still a a family dog. And my wife and kid already have their little pet names for her. I said, you've got to learn her real name first (laughs) before you add in a little pet name. But uh, good dog, and uh, for all of you that got your COVID dogs that are a year old now, it's not too late, they're still a puppy. 
so you can go back uh, and and put in a little bit more work to get them through some of that those uh, obedience things basic skills basic foundation related things so uh there you have it little quick episode on uh, some puppy training and uh, if you're a you're a bird dog that's my thoughts i'd love to hear if you had any thoughts uh, that regarding to my my training method and what i'm doing so thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.